Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to At Least We're Trying, the self-help and advice podcast helping you on your personal journey of understanding yourself and navigating through the various aspects of life, all while telling some fun stories and cracking some jokes that at least I find funny. I am your host, Mackenzie Smith. I want to be a good person, and I want to be seen as such. I want to make people happy and have hope for themselves in the future. But I am going to tell you some things that you might not like, and that honestly makes me a bit nervous. In this episode, I'm discussing the complexity of trying to be a good person and how sometimes we end up doing things wrong and hurting people's feelings. So enjoy! We all want to be the version of good in our heads that reigns over the rest, but it is very confusing to navigate our life towards that goal. We want to help others and make change in the world, or we want to get rich and buy sports cars for our loved ones. There is a different idea of good for every single person who is alive and has lived, and the differences will always vary, even in the slightest amount. And along with the different perceptions of good actions and traits, there's also this idea that you're automatically a good person if you do a few good things, and you're automatically a bad person if you do a few certain bad things. This idea that you can only be one end of the spectrum and never in the middle is called the good and bad binary. So what does it mean to be good? Why is it so important and why do people view it the way that they do? Before I dive into this, I want to let you know that I'm not going to tell you some foolproof way to be a good person because there aren't any. This episode should still help you Be more aware of the impact on others that we all have and give you more knowledge on how to understand the people and environments around you and what decisions are better than others in different situations. I got introduced to the good and bad binary while reading the book White Fragility by Robin D'Angelo last year. I strongly recommend this book to everyone because it covers a bunch of topics that everyone should learn about and they all apply to our everyday lives and relationships. This book focuses on racism and white supremacy and how they're encouraged and sustained by everyday behaviors, many of which are seemingly harmless, such as comments, jokes, and decisions on where we live and work. But a lot of the behaviors and actions can also be applied to other situations. The chapter on the good and bad binary really opened my eyes to the multiple aspects of life that this concept applies to, even the ones that don't have anything to do with race. One point D'Angelo makes in this chapter is how some people often believe that when they're called out for doing something rude or mean or racist, then they're being called a 100% bad person. There's a belief that all the negative and harmful traits only exist in bad people and never within those who do good deeds as well, and vice versa. So therefore, a person must be claiming someone who said something is completely terrible. This tend tends to cause more explosive reactions from people. An exact example D'Angelo uses is someone saying, I can't be racist. I marched for the civil rights in the 1960s as proof, note the quotation marks, that they are good rather than bad. Yes, it's incredibly important to stand up for racial equity and equitable treatment among races and ethnicities, but participating in events like that does not erase any microaggressions a person has committed against minorities or make them okay or tolerable. 
if you regularly donate half your paycheck to charities, that doesn't make up for cutting people off every time you drive. Just like how never washing the dishes or eating your coworkers' leftovers doesn't negate the good you do by fixing people's cars for low price or working the night shift as a nurse. The good cannot erase the bad, and the bad cannot erase the good. We're all somewhere in the middle, whether you make more good decisions or more bad ones. It's important to never think that you're permanently restricted to the bad end of the line, or the good end. Because, once again, we're always somewhere in the middle, and there's always going to be a chance for you to do something good and continue doing something good. So take every chance you get. Let's take a look at Thanos as an example. He's a supervillain in the Marvel comics and film franchise that looks like a giant grape and basically tries to poof half the entire galaxy's population from existence. His reasons for trying to do this are that there aren't enough resources or space for everyone to live happily and without war. So he makes the decision he sees as best. Thanos is honestly one of my favorite villains because of this moral ambiguity he shows. He shows compassion to some people and that he is giving up everything to do what he thinks is right. But for many people, his actions are the exact opposite. He separated families and destroyed businesses, cities, communities, and institutions. Depending on perspective, his actions are either good or bad or both. Side note, there is a lot of ambiguity in the world. That's it. That That's the largest theme about the world and about life that I found. Now, I don't mean to make you ponder the meaning of life and your existence, but I want to say that if existence had a slogan, it would be, congrats, you're confused. Deal with it. Now back to the episode. We're all limited to our own experiences for the most part. And so while some of you might think one thing is true and good, Another person who is analyzing the same thing with the knowledge they have from their lives will say that it's a bad thing, or they might be indifferent and not care at all. Height is a pretty good analogy to use in this case. Take me, for example. I'm 5 feet 5 inches, or 165 centimeters. So if I'm talking to someone who's 7 feet tall, or 213 centimeters, they're going to think I'm very short. Whereas if I was in front of someone who was four feet tall or 122 centimeters, they would think I'm very tall. It's all relative. So by applying this analogy to, well, everything else, you can see there is no universal cookie cutter version of good. There are some less bad things, though. If you're in a blizzard, some people are going to think that you should wear snow boots. But let's say you're wearing hiking shoes. At least you're not wearing stiletto heels. Actually, you know, okay, wearing stiletto heels in a blizzard is such a power move. I can totally imagine a bunch of female superheroes doing it. Actually, I'm pretty sure a bunch of them already have. Wow. Social activist Marie Beecham discussed the harm in labeling people as good or bad and its relation to the polarization and division in communities and group thinking. People in this day and age feel an obligation to ignore and shame anyone who disagrees with what they believe to be right and good. With social media, we can interact with billions of others, and if we get upset over something someone said, well, the unfollow and block buttons become very tempting. 
There's this fear and discomfort around other people having a different opinion than us, and it makes us start to feel as if they are against us as a whole, and that we are against them. We're all very attached to our values and beliefs. Sometimes we end up seeing them as the only ones that matter, or at least the ones that matter most. But there can't just be one singular way of understanding and viewing the world. If we all thought the same things, then everyone in the world would be wearing the same outfits, living in the same places, and individual identities and experiences, as well as marginalized groups and cultures, would be ignored so much more than they already are. This group thinking makes us believe that straying even an inch from what we're taught by a surrounding influence as correct and good will make a person completely wrong and bad. Group thinking is very narrow-minded and dangerous because of this. We become less tolerant of certain behaviors just because they're different from our own, even if they're good. A hyperpolarization comes into play and divides us from others, so we're even more hostile than before with anything other than a mirror. Beecham wrote on Twitter, I used to categorize everyone who disagreed with me on any little issue as a bad person. Because I thought that any decent person must be in total agreement with me. Now, I realize good people arrive at different conclusions. A robust society needs diversity of thought. I love that last sentence so much. Life becomes so much more vibrant when you are more accepting of different behaviors, ideas, cultures, and opinions. You don't have to be happy about everything other people do, but you'll be better able to see that new and different things aren't bad, at least not all the time. You can separate yourself from your personal beliefs and feelings to view everything else a bit more objectively. Ooh, okay, in my anthropology class last semester, I learned the term cultural relativism. It has a nice ring to it, right? It's the ability to understand other cultures based on their own standards rather than the standards of your culture. Impact versus intent, aka the reason I don't hate myself and others for all of our not-so-great actions. I had done some reading earlier this year and rummaged through basically the entire internet and social platforms for guidance on making the best possible decisions that would prevent me from hurting anybody in any way. But, as you've guessed it, I hadn't found anything. At that point, I thought that the impact of our actions always weighed more than their intentions. That even if we wanted to be helpful, if we accidentally hurt someone's feelings, then bam, that's it. We can't come back from that or lessen the blow in any way. That's not true, though. I've since learned that if you explain yourself and how you meant no harm, you can sometimes make things better. If someone had moved a bunch of my things around, I'd get pretty bothered by that. But if they explained how they had actually cleaned my entire house and forgot to put some things back in their place, then I'd be more understanding and even appreciative because I can see that they were doing what they could to help me out and be nice. I do, though, want to mention how I've been thinking recently a lot about how we've either been or we've known someone who tried really hard to be a ray of sunshine and get other people to be happy. But... They ended up doing the opposite. It's a very common situation I've seen, and pretty often there are more negative reactions than positive ones. Someone who says, don't feel bad about that, or just smile and you'll feel better, 
or negativity is not allowed here, most likely had the best intentions in mind and wanted to make the world a more positive place, but their words and actions were actually harmful to others and possibly even themselves. When a person is told to stop feeling sad or angry, they could start feeling guilty for the emotions that arise naturally in response to a trauma or stressful situation they've been through. And even if that person starts playing along and keeping a smile on their face, suppressing negative emotions will only lead to a buildup of them, and the results could be far worse than if they had just let themselves cry. According to the article, Emotional Regulation in Action, written by Hannah K. Lenars from the Behavioral Science Institute of Radboud University, forgive me if I mispronounce any of that, some adolescents that regularly used emotional suppression went on to, the, to develop depressive symptoms such as guilt, mood swings, and decreased focus as a direct result. And this can also be applied to adults as well. I've seen many people in tense situations keep quiet and not show any negative emotions for a while because they think that they're not supposed to. But then out of the blue one day, there's a tense situation and they have an extreme reaction that is not appropriate for or expected from that specific situation. Or they begin isolating themselves from others. So the question is, are we bad people? The short answer is, hmm, that's debatable. If you look at good and bad as being on a spectrum, you'll find that everything and everyone is in the gray area. Like I mentioned before, perspective influences our understandings and beliefs of everything. So, Mackenzie, how can we be good? No. J just no. St stop trying to be stereotypically good. Stop it. There's always going to be some aspect of what you do that will be viewed in a different way than you want to or than you want it to by somebody. And striving to be perfectly good is exhausting and it hurts. Instead, you could strive to be more open to learning about others' views and make some better decisions based on that new knowledge. Strive to talk about really just anything, just Talk to more people and read different books and follow different social media accounts than you normally would. Expose yourself to more information so you can be a better person to yourself and others than you were yesterday. And on other days, strive to at least not be worse than before. If you said something really hurtful to someone and they didn't take it that well last week, well, now you know that if you're in that situation again, you can avoid saying those words or find a nicer way of saying them if necessary. It's unbelievably difficult to constantly try to outdo yourself, to become just happier and happier and do just more of a good person. So don't feel bad if you aren't able to be even more of a ray of sunshine to others if your circumstances or energy levels aren't what you think they should be. If you feel the urge to yell and bite someone's head off, and I want to make that I want to make it clear that that is an American figure of speech. I do not mean literally bite someone's head off. Then take a step back and calm yourself down by any peaceful means necessary. Find your neutral zone, where you can let yourself feel your emotions and not force yourself to be happy, but you're not letting your emotions control you or get out of hand. It's easy to go back to comfortable and or selfish behaviors where you help really only yourself. 
And it's difficult at first to put yourself out there to be the good you want to see in the world. So I'm proud of you for trying, for becoming more aware of what you do and how you feel. And I'm wishing you the best at finding the path to betterment that truly changes you for the better. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I know it came out a week late, but don't worry. The next episode will come out next Saturday as scheduled. Until then, I encourage you to read White Fragility by Robin DiAngelo and look at some of the other topics Marie Beecham writes on her Instagram at Marie Beach or her Twitter, Marie J. Beach. I hope you have a lovely week. Bye-bye. <laughs>